Performance Podcast, providing you with the performance training, college scholarships, coaching education, and elite athletic development. Now, your host, your host, Seth Boomsma. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As the intro said, Seth Boomsma here as your host. Today, we have a very special podcast with one of our 2022 Boom Athletic Scholarship winners, Cade Larson of Harrisburg High School, now a part of the Minnesota Gopher football team as a linebacker. You guys will find in this podcast the reason why Cade won one of our scholarships. Cade is one of the most well-thought-out, fine, genuine young men I've ever come across personally. And you guys are going to be able to see that because Cade is is process-driven, he's dedicated, he's committed and he's going to offer a lot of advice for, for young student-athletes out there as well that I think they can take with them here in their future and, and how to reach that next level of, of not only being an outstanding student-athlete, but just being an outstanding person as well. And within this podcast, we talk about Cade's journey throughout high school, which led him to a 12-0 state championship with the Harrisburg Tigers and, and ultimately led him to Power 5 Division One football and to be a gopher and what that process all looked like, especially during the heart of a pandemic, during his intense recruiting period, and a lot of different stuff that I think you guys can take away from this podcast. I'll quit rambling. You guys can listen to this pod and, and, and really enjoy it. Cade, thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So we've been wanting to do one of these for quite a while. I know we've talked about it for some time, and and now is the perfect time since you're leaving here in a couple days yeah. uh, to head off to Minnesota. But for those that don't know who Cade Larson is, why don't you kind of give a background of who you are? Sure. Yeah, so I'm Cade Larson. I just graduated from Harrisburg High School a couple weeks ago. And uh, I will be attending the University of Minnesota to play football, um, I guess, this Thursday, really. I'm taking off in a couple days. But, um, yeah, so I played football for Coach Brandon White at Harrisburg for the last four years and won a state title. And, yeah, that's kind of basically the background of me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really cool how your journey has led you to Minnesota, and I want to touch on that a little bit. What was it like when you were growing up playing sports? I know you were a multi-sport athlete for quite some time. Uh, did you always have a vision of being a collegiate athlete? Yeah, my dad played football in college, so I kind of, I've always looked up to him and ever, from, ever since I was a little kid. Um, but I'd say it really hit me when I was in high school, like when I was a freshman, sophomore in high school, I was like, yeah. This is something I really enjoy doing. I love being around the guys, and I'd like to play in college, I think. So mm-hmm. so take us through kind of your high school sports journey. I know you played basketball, you dabbled in track, mm-hmm. and then obviously played football. What did that all look like for you um, leading into your senior year of a 12-0 state championship? Yeah, so freshman year, I played all three sports. I was a football guy, basketball guy, and track guy. Um, and then sophomore year, COVID hit, so I couldn't run track, but I still played football and basketball. Junior year was still football and basketball. I decided not to run track that year just so I could train in the winter, trying to add a little mass, get a little faster, get a little stronger. And then senior year, uh, I went in with the intentions of playing football and basketball. Um, however, once I got the opportunity to play at Minnesota, I decided it would be better just to train and add more mass, get faster, stronger. But, no, I mean, I'd say going into that senior year, it was a huge focus just because we lost the state title our junior year. 
it was really a huge focus. Like we wanted the state title. Otherwise, I mean, the season wasn't, I mean, it was, I mean, we were pretty much expecting a state title. Otherwise it was a bust of a season. So, um, I'd say that was just kind of the senior mentality just cause all those, I guess our junior year, most of us played as juniors. So coming back as a senior, it was, um, it was really important to us that we wanted to come out on top. So, yeah. And, and for those that don't know about Harrisburg, we just had Jacob Knuth on the podcast here recently, and he mentioned a, a similar thing about how much it meant to him to win a state championship a senior year and go out in style like that. Mm-hmm. So you guys got beat by Brandon Valley your junior year. What type of motivation and feel did that help assist you in that offseason? Uh, yeah, it really fueled us. I would say the, la- the summer before our senior year, we came in with like a new mindset, I mean, we were on top. We were the leaders of the team. And uh, we knew we had a chance just because we had all the guys. We had all the guys that had experience. We had, they all had the ability. We had the coaches. Um, so it was just a matter of really getting out there and getting it done. And uh, I would say in the summertime, it was, like I said, it was just a whole new mindset. We came to work every day and with with the state title in mind the whole way through. So. Yeah. So you're going to play linebacker at Minnesota. Was playing defense something that you always want to do, or did you always want to go more offensive route, but you realized defense is my, my passion, or what was the case? I would say defense just came more natural to me. Um, you know, I played tight end in high school a little bit. I blocked a lot, ran a lot of short routes, but defense just kind of came naturally, I would say, just more so. My dad played linebacker in college, mm-hmm. and so that was one, something that stuck out to me growing up. I always wanted to play linebacker, and then... Um, I had a lot of good coaches in high school. My linebacker coach, he was he was really phenomenal. He was really good. He played at South Dakota State, and he uh, he passed on a lot of knowledge. And mm-hmm. so, I would say, earlier on in the year, early on in my high school career, I liked them both equally. But probably my sophomore year is when I started to um, the game kind of started to slow down a little bit, and I started to pick up more linebacker stuff, and and that just I guess that's kind of what I became passionate about was linebacker. Yeah. So. I know what what's kind of crazy about high school football is a lot of times with middle school, now that Harrisburg has grown so much, is you get different middle schools, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. Jacob was a Harrisburg North kid. Yeah. You were a Harrisburg South kid. Yeah. So, I know I've heard some stories from Carter and Jacob about you guys playing against children junior high and how mm-hmm. much of a stud you were on the uh-huh. offensive end. So, what position did you play in junior high, and then when, when did you really fully transition to, to the defensive? Yeah, so I... Uh... I played a little bit of tight end in junior high, too, until I really kind of wanted a shot at uh, running back. And so my dad told me, well, when you, and we conditioned a lot in middle school. I'll tell you, we conditioned more in middle school than we did in high school. Practices were a little slower. But at the end, man, it was brutal with the conditioning. Um, but my dad said, you know, when you, when you go out there conditioning, you got to go out and try and win every rep and try and prove to these coaches that you can play running back. you got the speed and the ability to play running back so you can get a shot. And so really I just started busting my tail in the – in the um, conditioning at the end of practice. And sure enough, one day after, after practice, one of the coaches came up and asked if I'd play running back for him. And then uh, from that point on, it was just, they just said, here, take the ball and run and lower your shoulder into this guy and go there. And, and then it just kind of came along with that. Um, I played running back my freshman year of high school. And then my sophomore year, they were looking for, I think they were looking for more ways to get me on the field in different ways. So they moved me to tight end, and so I actually got to play quite a bit of wing slash tight end mm-hmm. my sophomore year. Um, so, and then I continued to play tight end that wing spot all throughout high school, but linebacker took over that sophomore, especially that junior year. I would say mm-hmm. linebacker was the main. Yeah, 
Did did our guy Jacob ever throw you any bad passes? Honestly, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. He's a, he's always pretty accurate with me. I do remember one time. Shout out Randolph Kapai. <laughs> we were playing Washington High School, and I could see Randolph out of the corner of my eye. And Randolph is a big name guy from South Dakota, <laughs> so you knew who he was going into the game. And I could see him, and I knew he was gonna. And I knew I had a flat route, and I knew that uh, Randolph was gonna be out there in the flat. And uh, I knew right from the snap, Jacob and I made eye contact the whole time. I knew he was gonna throw me out there, and he threw me the ball, and Randolph just lit me up. But that was. No, I, I mean, I guess for your, to answer your question, I guess Jacob is pretty accurate with me always. So. Right. Well, I, I think it's funny, you know, because we talked a little bit about Randolph on Jacob's pod, and what's crazy to me is how you're going to play at Minnesota, you're a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Randolph's at Nebraska now, entering his sophomore year as a linebacker. But both of you guys are like two of the most genuine, nice guys I've ever come across, which is crazy to me. So I want to ask you is how do you shift your mentality to be such a nice, genuine guy, your homecoming kid at Harrisburg, you won our scholarship this year, our second annual one, and, and have tremendous other off-the-field accomplishments. And how do you transition from being that nice guy off the field to to being almost stone cold when you get on the field? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would never. I can't say um, that it's something I flip a switch just like manually. It just kind of happens when you get out there on the field. You're so locked in, and you're so excited to be out there with everybody. And then, uh, and then, like I said, especially senior year when you want it so bad, there's, once you're out there, really nothing else matters, and you're just—I mean—you just got to get it done. Otherwise, it was a waste of a season. That's, that was kind of our mentality, like I talked on earlier. But I wouldn't say there's a defining moment where I switch my mentality. Um, I try to go out there on the field relatively loose, you know, laughing, hanging out with the guys, and everything, just enjoying it, taking it all in. Um, but really, when like the national anthem comes on, like that's when I—that's when like okay, it's real. Mm-hmm. And we're about to get going. So then it, uh, I guess, automatically switches there. Like, let's roll. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like that. So what advice could you give to young athletes? You kind of touched on it a little bit. But I think young athletes nowadays, I know, like, probably our parents, you know, grew up in the era where, like, you always got to be on it. You always got to be that guy, mm-hmm. you know. But I think there's a different narrative nowadays where I think you have to be your mentality where you have to be that nice, genuine guy off the field. You have to build relationships. You have to be an open communicator and all that stuff, but still be able to go on the field and produce, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how you get the results that, you, that you've that you worked for. So what advice could you give to young athletes that are kind of working forward, working toward being in, like, say, your position right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, just be a positive guy. I mean, you always, anywhere you go, you want to bring positive body language, just any, any anywhere you go, because um, everybody loves having that guy around. It just brings everybody up. Um, so always positive, just be genuine, be a nice guy, always treat people with respect. Um, and then, and that's important, but most importantly, you just got to bring it when the lights are on and, and when it's time to go, you got to bring it and you got to know when to bring it, when not to bring it. But I mean, you got to go. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, the gist of it is just treat everybody with respect, be a nice guy off the field. And, uh, when the, when the lights are on, just give it everything you got. And then also, um, Mentally, yeah, just keep your mentality right. Once you get out on the field, you know, kind of got to have that killer instinct, killer mentality. But when you're off, you know, some guys like to fake it. I, right. I feel like some guys like yeah. to fake that mentality all the time, kind of like you touched on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing, just be real, you know. Yeah. Just be real all yeah. the time. So. Be real, be genuine. Yeah. So I know you come in a lot of times in the gym and you have these new ideas that you've seen as you get ready for Minnesota here. 
Has there been anything that you've picked up to help you uh, eventually on the field here in preparation for Minnesota? Has there been anything since your senior year that you've really picked up mentality-wise, whether it be mentality, nutrition, any anything? Yeah, so I have my nutrition's a big one. I'm glad you mentioned nutrition. So once I finished my senior season, um, and I knew I was going to be playing football in the Big Ten, I knew. So I played probably my senior year about 205, mm-hmm. and so. I knew that I had to get more, I knew I had to gain more muscle and get more mass on me. And so I knew, I kind of developed a game plan. I wasn't going to play basketball. I was going to lift weights. I was going to work out with Seth. And then I went to this place called uh, Eakin Nutrition mm-hmm. in Sioux Falls. And I got some, you know, I got their protein, whatever, their protein powder there. Um, and then they actually got me on a meal plan. Mm-hmm. And so I was eating, you know, I was tracking my macros. I was eating a certain amount of protein, you know, fats, all that, certain amount of sugars, certain amount of carbs. And I was really tracking that really hard and, um, and working out and matched with that nutrition that really helped me. So I'm up to 220 now. Mm-hmm. So that's nutritionally what I've done. Um, mentally, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So yeah. you know, I know you've heard me talk about Jocko. Yep, yep. Um, so I like to listen <laughs> to his stuff. Uh, and he brings, he brings up mentality all the time, like, you know, um, attacking things with a certain meant like a certain demeanor like you got to get this done mm-hmm. um but i guess mentally i always feel like i've been decently like i keep things in perspective pretty well i think mm-hmm. but um so that's always been good but definitely the nutrition one i've i've uh, altered since since high school yeah yeah i like that because i think nutrition is so important and everything that you do as an athlete especially when you're about to play at the power five division one level is important so what type, I want you to kind of be specific. So athletes at home can kind of listen to this and be like, okay, this is what he changed. This is what I could also change as well. What type of foods did you start eating that you maybe never ate yeah. before? So I ate chicken before, but I ate a lot of chicken during this. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much every day for lunch. I feel like I had chicken and rice. And uh, so chicken was a big source of protein for me. I had a lot of pork, um, had some steak here and there for my proteins my carbs, yeah, rice, um, potatoes, stuff like that. And then um, for fats, I had a lot of almonds. Mm-hmm. Almonds give you fats and fibers. Um, that's one thing I can recommend. And then also um, these MRE protein shakes is what I got from Eakin. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's really good stuff. It's, it's, uh, you just mix up just like any other protein and, and drink that with uh, some milk. And that helped a lot. But, and then lots of eggs in the morning, eggs. Um, Bagels, I had some bagels and stuff like that, um, just depending on the day. But yeah, those are just kind of some of the main things I recall um, mm-hmm. doing when I was tracking a lot. Yeah. So I, I think your work ethic is is up to par for everybody that has been a, a super elite athlete. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like you have the most, the biggest work ethic that I, one of the biggest that I've seen too. So who has been some of your biggest influencers on your work ethic? Has it been, especially like non-athletic, who has helped you in, yeah. in that? So, yeah, my dad, definitely. He kind of instilled for me from a young age, like, if you're going to do something, like, you should you should do it to the best of your ability, and you should give full effort all the time. My dad, um, just kind of my whole family, realistically speaking, they were, they've all kind of, my mom's a school teacher, and so she brought it up to me in school, like, if you're in school, try your best, do everything you can to... Um, get good grades and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two main ones. Athletically, though, my coach, Brandon White, football coach, coach R.C. Kilgore, my linebacker coach, 
those guys, um, big, big effort guys. Mm-hmm. And then um, actually, my bas- couple of my basketball coaches, uh, Coach Langrock from Harrisburg, and then uh, Coach Klein John. Those guys are big effort guys too. And so, and they're just pretty much everybody I was around um, as far as coaches in high school was they focused on that. Like you come here to work. And then also, one that people you don't know, think about a lot is my teammates. Mm-hmm. They pushed me a lot too. And I was fortunate enough to go through high school um, with a lot of hard workers and with a clear mind and knowing what we wanted. And we came to work every day. And so, yeah, my teammates were a big part of it too. And it worked out for us. Yeah. So, heading to Minnesota, like we said before, what was your welcome to football moment? Welcome to football moment. That's tough. There's a lot of them going through my mind right now, but I would say just not one defining moment, but the whole summer kind of leading up to my junior year, I kind of knew I had a chance to be a starter, be a starter at linebacker that year. And um, I started to see some athletic development too, like in the summertime, started doing things that I haven't been able to do before. And then um, and building those relationships with the coaches, the closer relationships, and then the players too. Um, and then fall camp rolls around and you're starting to run around with the ones and you're starting to make some plays. That was when like it really turned into fun when you're starting to run out there and make plays and you're like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can play with these guys. And then um, from then on, it was just like, this is what I want to do. And uh, yeah, I would say that's yeah. it. So what was your recruiting process look like? So with this senior class that you're in of 2022, you guys were kind of not necessarily COVID seniors, but you guys had to deal with that COVID year during a big recruiting period. You know, like the NCAA dead period extended all the way to late May mm-hmm. of last year where you guys couldn't really communicate with coaches face-to-face or have any of that junior day visits or anything like that. So what was your recruiting process like? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the COVID thing hurt a little bit, I think, everybody, mm-hmm. just because whatever, whatnot, the scholarships and whatnot. Um, but for me, you know, I, uh, I got a lot of NSIC offers um, after my junior year and then into my senior year. I got a bunch of NSIC offers. And then um, SDSU and USD were recruiting me. Um, SDSU was recruiting me harder than USD was. SDSU was recruiting me pretty good for a while, um, but they never ended up giving me an offer. And then kind of out of the blue, I was about ready to commit to an NSIC school in, I want to say, October. Um, and then out of the blue... That's kind of when Minnesota came along, mm-hmm. and uh, I went up there, and, and then they extended me a preferred walk-on offer, and um, I kind of knew the day it happened, like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other factors that I had to put in, that I had to factor in there mm-hmm. um, before I officially made a decision, but um, just Coach Fleck and, and the whole program at Minnesota just was engulf, it just engulfs you when you get up there, and, and once I see what everybody was about, I mean, I knew I wanted to go there, and... So then I committed in November after the state title. I wanted to make sure, I wanted to wait. I wanted to clear my mind of everything because it's a stressful time mm-hmm. making that choice. I wanted to clear my mind. I wanted to focus on the state title, what we came in there to do. And once that happened, um, a couple weeks later, I'd say I committed. So. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to up there? I think, I mean, aside from playing in Big Ten stadiums and playing with Big Ten guys, I think just the relationships, building the relationships with all those guys. Everybody says... Uh, your college friends are your best friends for life, so mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, aside from that, though, just the, just the opportunity to continue to play football and then and do it at that level, too. That's something that uh, I'm very much looking forward to. Um, yeah, and just being in a Big Ten program 
having all those resources, having all those coaches, um, and just being a part of it, really. Just being a part of a program like that is what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah. So after you finish up your senior season, you start training here with guys like Jacob Knuth, Bennett Dannenbrin, Gavin Ross, Carter Barenfos, those type of guys. Lots of fun sessions, lots of good times, um, lots of details. What led you here, and what has been your favorite thing about training here? Yeah. Um, so I heard a lot about Boom. They kind of—I mean, you guys kind of blew up mm-hmm. a lot the past few years. So I heard a lot. A lot of the guys I know from Harrisburg trained with you, um, Andrew Walter, yeah. uh, Jacob Knuth, and then obviously Carter and and Gavin, and, and then uh, so those guys. And I've heard about you a lot. And um, obviously, and I've seen like everybody that comes to Boom—they're getting faster, they're getting stronger, they're getting better athletically. So I was like, yeah, this guy's legit. So um, I brought it up to my parents. I said, yeah, I want to train with Boom once uh, once the season's over. And then they said, yeah, let's do it. Let's get faster. Let's get better. And then um, my favorite thing, though, has probably been the relationships, I would say. Um, Just showing up here every day, or I guess showing up here however many times a week, um, seeing Seth, seeing Caden, seeing Karst now, seeing all these guys, and then seeing, uh, you know, Jacob. I work out with Jacob all the time. Mm -hmm. And just seeing those guys. And then, like you said, it's a lot of fun sessions. Like, we're here working, but at the same time, lots of good memories, lots of funny events happen. Yeah. so yeah, just the relationship. Like Seth, um, I come in here and then like a week later, I feel like I've gained like a guy that I can look, that I can talk to, I can look to for advice, um, and a guy that I think will stay in touch for a long time. And mm-hmm. I've been in touch with him for pretty much every day since I started working here, whether that be by phone or whatever. But um, yeah, so I would say the main thing I liked is the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would completely agree with that, and that's something that we've kind of built our foundation on is expectations, accountability, and relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, I think you and Jacob are the core of that group and you guys embody those three pillars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's so cool about it is I was, I was explaining this to Jacob as well. And it's like, I look forward, like when we go Tuesday, Thursday, a 15, I look forward to that session all day. Like yeah. I wake up and I'm like already looking forward to that session, mm-hmm. not only because of the, the programming, or anything like that, but it's because of you guys. I mean, yeah. I walk, I, I know when you guys come in, we're going to have a blast for that hour, hour and a half, sometimes mm-hmm. even two hours, you know? And, and I think that's what's so fun about it. But extending it even further is like a lot of people on, from the outside would just assume, oh, Seth just loves them because they're premier athletes. But that's not the case because I would love you guys, whether you guys were going power five division one or not playing college football, Mm -hmm. the relationships that we built would be the exact same. It's because we connect, we see eye to eye, but more so is how you hone in on the details. And that's, what's so fun about it is how we can have, have that enjoyment of the session, but then also know when it's time to lock in and have those details when we're working sprint technique Mm -hmm. and locking in every single step, every single rep and breaking it down to the exact detail that's what's the most enjoyable for me. And, and knowing that a guy like yourself is still willing to take that feedback because a lot of times you get athletes that just aren't willing to take that feedback. So then you try, you have to pull back mm-hmm. you have to change up different things to keep them engaged. We could sit there and do, I remember one night we did like 24 reps of four step pushouts mm-hmm. on the run rocket. Every single rep was broken down to the exact detail mm-hmm. videos, every third rep, give or take. And you know, we're breaking everything down. So that, that's been the most enjoyable for me as well, because I'm a very detailed guy. Mm-hmm. I like progress. I like to see it happen. And I think you've been able to kind of experience that as well. Yeah. With that said, 
is we've also had some very, very tough conditioning days. Yes, we have. So what has been the toughest workout that you've done? So there's been a couple of them. Well, there's been a lot of them that come to mind, but two really stand out. The first conditioning workout I ever did, that was a wake-up call. Like That was like, okay, this is good. I'm glad I'm doing this um, because it's going to get you prepared. But, man, that was really tough. That one was we had on the curve. First, you go on the curve treadmill. You go, what was it, 10 seconds? I think it was 15 that day. 15. So 15 seconds at like 70%, you said? Yeah, 70%. 15 seconds at 70% on the curve, and then right off onto the prowler, and you push the prowler down and back. Was it 20 yards, probably? Yeah, 20 Roughly yards. Roughly 20 yards. And, uh, and we did six reps of that six nonstop. Reps. Yep. So six reps nonstop. And um, that was very hard. That was very difficult. And like I said, that was kind of a wake up call. Um, but once I did that one, that one stands out, and then one that the last one that we did last Wednesday, that one really stands out too. That was a jump circuit one. Yeah. So we start off on the prowler, and it's prowler push down and back, a little heavier weight this time too, wasn't it? Yep. Forty-five, twenty-five on each side. Yep. So prowler push down <laughs> and back, and what's really tough about the prowler push down and back is the way down isn't too bad because you get to go on the high end, mm-hmm. but the way back is really brutal because you got to go on the bottom, the low part of the of the prowler. So down and back there, and then you go over to a jump pad. And you do a series of jumps for 30 seconds. And I'll tell you, I, I hope the video never gets released <laughs> of me doing some side-to-side jumps because it was absolutely brutal. And uh, that one, I would say, probably takes the cake mm-hmm. um, as the toughest workout I've done here. But as tough as those are, those are some of the best. I mean, this are some of the best ones because you feel yourself getting better. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so those are good workouts too. But man, they're tough. Yeah. So the way... The way I can always tell if an athlete is like getting better and if they're engaged in sessions is by asking them how a certain rep felt, whether they're training for vertical jump, speed, whatever we're trying to do. I think you're one of the best examples of this, of knowing and making the progress of from day one to see you to day now to now mm-hmm. is pretty insane and in how you understand where your body positions are supposed to be. So what is like the biggest thing you've learned? And this is for all those looking to develop their speed out there. What is the biggest thing you've learned in terms of your technique that you can apply? Yeah, so I noticed that too. Like when I'm doing a sprint on the on the um, run rocket, the run rocket, yeah, on the run rocket, um, I can like notice. Like I can feel if my if I didn't get high enough thigh pop, I can feel if I get start uh, cycling my feet, you know. And that's something I've picked up on, which also I'm thankful to have picked up on that mentally because I can apply it. But anyways, um, yeah, I would say technique-wise, I learned really push off your back feet on that first start and then keeping a positive shin angle. That's something I really struggled with. I remember the first first few times it was like I wasn't pushing very well coming out and then I was I had lots of cycling going on, very choppy. And now this far in, however many, however many months in we are, um, I feel like I'm getting a better push, better thigh pop, and then for the most part, a better positive shin angle on my first. I still feel like I have to apply it to the, the you know third, fourth, and fifth. Um, and also, one thing I've learned that I'm still trying to get better at is dorsiflexion. Mm-hmm. Really focus on dorsiflexion, keeping your feet dorsiflexed. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work on every day, too. But I would say, yeah, for the most part, as far as sprint technique, I've learned a lot. A lot that I didn't even know went into sprinting. Mm-hmm. And um, just being able to apply it and now learning about it while being taught it, like learning it and keep it in your mind. Yeah. That's a very valuable skill too because you can apply it. Yeah. And now that's something that you'll be able to carry with you 
mm-hmm. you know, down the road, you yeah. know, because you're going to have times where you not, may not have that one-on-one interaction and you'll be able to be like, okay, I felt this. Now I can go mm-hmm. back next rep and kind of tweak this or that. Yeah. Um, I think what, what's really cool about you is, is your pre-workout routine. Yeah, I know you have a set routine, what you do. Yeah. Uh, what is that like for you? Yeah, so I, uh, I like to have time before I do anything physically. I mean, whether that be mentally, get mentally prepared, especially on a Wednesday. Got to get mentally prepared so you know you're coming in for a conditioning workout. But no, I mean, so I work out at 8.15 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And by 7 o'clock, I like to get a shower, wake myself up a little bit, and then um, just kind of get ready, go through my normal whatever after that. And then I like, I've been starting to eat a lot of, like I grab an apple right before I come here and, and do, get an apple and drink a water. And that's, it's, that's pretty much it. But I, I feel like I have to do it before I work out. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's not the same. And that might be superstitious or whatever, but it's just something I feel like helps me. So Yeah. No, and that goes back to your mindset, though. Yeah. I, that, once you know that you have that routine, no matter how simple yeah. or complex it may be, that establishes a routine from that very get-go mm-hmm. to know that, hey, my body's about to get ready to work out. I'm establishing a mind-muscle connection where, hey, we're, we're going to go. Yeah. And we got we got to be clicking right now. And I, th- I think that's awesome. Because yeah. I, I, I was the same way. And I know how that is. I would be preparing you know, several hours before. Yeah. And that, that's how you are. And I love that about you. The, the, one of the coolest things I think is how smart you are off the field too. You know, you're a very high academic, high character kid. What has all that been like for you and what are you going to major in here at Minnesota? Yeah. So that kind of goes back to my mom and dad, just instilling, just being a good person all around and then, um, working hard in school and stuff and academically, um, what I'm going to major in, I'm not exactly sure yet. I think I'm going to take a year and get mm-hmm. kind of my generals done. And just because University of Minnesota has so many opportunities as far as what you want to major in. And um, also, I'm not really sure what I want to do with my life after college. Mm-hmm. Um, as far like, I don't have it really dialed in. I don't really want to be locked in yet. I want to see. I want to explore some options. Um, the other thing is, is there's, there's tutors at U of M too. And so I'm just really trying to contemplate. Like, I mean, I feel like it's a great opportunity to push yourself as far as a major and have a tough major just because you have those resources, you have the, you have the tutors, you have the, the professors at University of Minnesota, great professors, and just a great environment to learn in. So it's a, it's a great opportunity not only in football but academically too and to set yourself up for the rest of life. So Yeah. I know you're big into hunting and fishing as well. I was a big hunter when I was in high school. Then you kind of get in college and time kind of fades away. Busy, yeah. Are you still going to make the time to, to do those things that you enjoy? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to bring a rod. You know, I'm going to bring a rod and the gear for that. Um, you know the land of 10,000 lakes over there, so yep. there's plenty of opportunity um, depending on how much time we have and stuff. We'll just have to figure that out kind of as we go. Um, that's I'm going to miss that a lot, though, um, like hunting with my dad these next four or five years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, last however long it's been, like for as long as I can remember, I've been going hunting with him, and that's going to be different, and I'm going to miss it for sure, but I know there will be plenty of hunts after. Um, so hunting probably won't be able to do as much of in college just because busy. you got the season going. Hopefully you're playing for a, a big bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when we go home in January, I think we'll be able to get after some pheasants with the dogs. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but fishing, though, I think uh, there'll be some time. I know yeah. some of the, I know a lot of the other guys like to fish on the team. So uh-huh. that'll be a lot of fun. Build those relationships <clears throat> and, and go out and try and chase some fish. Yeah. So closing in on the podcast, I want to say thank you 
uh, for everything that you've done for, for not only myself, but at Boom Athletics as a whole. You brought a lot of good to our program. Every time you come to the gym, it's always a smile on your face. You're always ready and prepared and, and focused on, on what we're trying to do. Also won our scholarship this year. I think that's a huge honor for, for somebody like yourself and acknowledging who you are as a person, really more so than an athlete. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. We wish you the absolute best at Minnesota. I'm definitely going to have to make it up the, the trip up there to hit a few games this uh, next few years, really. Absolutely. Um, but thanks, Cade, for being on the podcast with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, and thank you for everything. It's been, I feel very grateful and, and thankful to be a part of Boom Athletics. You bet. Thanks, Cade.